you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And joining me today is my good buddy, Blake Stark, where, of course, we have our weekly uniform breakdown, a little segment we like to call Project Run Play. And you know what? Michael Wilson caught that big touchdown, deep touchdown pass against LSU last week. And actually, his father kind of mused, oh, it's cool. He's probably one of the only guys in Mizzou history to throw, catch, and run for a touchdown. And that just got me thinking, who are the guys in Mizzou history have done that? So I did a bit of a deep dive there. We'll touch on all that, but Blake, why don't we just start off with, of course, Missouri and Kentucky. How are you feeling about this game? I feel, I feel, I, I, I don't have a, I feel like we're going to be in the game. Um, I feel like Kentucky obviously has been very opportunistic the last two games. Uh, they had 14 points. Yeah, 10 on, takeaways in the last two games, yeah, and, and there were two victories. And two pick sixes last week, right? Right, against, against, against Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, took two to the house. So that, that to me, is – I don't think that that's a sustainable thing sure. that they're going to do all year right. to beat everybody. I, I do think that they do have a good defense. No doubt. So that's taking nothing away from their defense, but if you – if you don't give them those points, however, last week we—I mean, last—I guess it wasn't last week because Vanderbilt didn't show up. But against LSU, we handed them, you know, 17 points at least with these turnovers. So we've been prone to to give the ball away at times. Right. Um, so we we have to be protect ourselves against that. I do like the fact that they lost that massive defensive lineman against Tennessee. Um, yeah, Quentin Bohannon, I yeah, believe, is the name. 366 pounds or something like that, like big guy. Yeah, he's according to all everything I've read, he's supposedly their best defensive tackle. So that could be a big deal. I think if Missouri's able to establish some, some type of effective running with Larry Roundtree, that'll make all the difference in the world. I really do. Maybe some north-south running. Absolutely, I, I continue to like to see that when we do that. Well, I think I think uh, we got better film, at it than tell us you. Yeah, so. I think definitely the stats bear it out. I'm sure the film does too. That we're a lot better doing inside zone versus outside zone so far in the season. That's for sure. Anything like that. And by the way, I did notice one thing. I didn't point out. I don't think I pointed out yesterday with my Ole Miss Kentucky breakdown. Some fans have been kind of uh, – we're not liking the, the, the speed option call that Missouri ran on a fourth down play against Alabama. Well, Ole Miss actually ran that in a pretty crucial situation, and they got stuffed by Kentucky too. So I don't know if the word is out on the speed option in short yardage situations. But, yeah, they definitely sniffed that out too. But Yeah, we – I mean, I think we did execute it well one time against LSU, right? And I, I think it was – I think it was a triple option and – uh, I think Knox got the toss from from Basilek. Right. I think Basilek. I mean, he, he that's what he did in high school. He's a wishbone quarterback. Sure. So, so he ran that play quite. Yeah, a bit. he should be pretty comfortable there. But I don't. I don't know that we have. Yeah, I mean, our offensive line I think is doing better than we could have expected. But I don't. I just don't know that we have the horses up there necessarily to to get the time to to get side to side. So I I I think that we've been much more successful going straight up and down the field. And I think Kentucky missing that giant keystone of their defensive line is going to help. And I think in the second half, Tennessee actually did have a lot of success running the ball against Kentucky because of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like, I feel like Drink's got a, a, a pulse now on what he wants, a finger on the pulse of what he wants to do offensively. So I don't think they're going to be able to, to totally stop 
stop us or shut us down. And at some point, we have to get a turnover, right? We have to get an interception or right. or force something. I was going to so say maybe we're due on that end. So I think I think it'll be a hard fought game, and I. I, we need to get out of this twilight zone of, of never beating Kentucky in right. football, like five years in a row. What what's happening? So uh, I mean, they're they're the team we've had the least success against in the in, other than like Alabama, I guess. Sure, other than the cream of the crop, right? right. Absolutely, it makes, it makes no sense for the for for that to have to continue. And there there have been kind of some fluky things, you know, that have allowed that streak to continue. So hopefully, yeah, certainly the twenty eighteen game, but but frankly, they've beaten our ass most of these years. I, I got to be honest. I, I think you know twenty sixteen was. I think it was 16. Well, no, it, I guess that would have been 15, maybe. Ah, gosh, now they're all running together. No, it was the 17 game. That was it, where the officials kind of dilly-dallied yeah. at the end as far as getting the ball spotted. I mean, odds are Missouri was going to win, it, lose that game anyway, but that was a real frustrating moment right. for sure. We at least had a chance. Right, we were in that game. Yeah, it was a one sure. game. And there were the games where they you know, came here and ran for and uh, that and that I think gets 400 me to yards my, against us and stuff like that but you know I've heard so much talk you know this is based frankly mostly just watching every snap again of that old miss game by Kentucky a lot of people the it seems like the focus of the talk on the Mizzou beat has been about Connor Basilak and how is he going to navigate all these different zone defenses that Kentucky runs but quite frankly I'm much more worried about our defense holding up against Kentucky's run game because if they're just able to do what they want offensively I, I just I think we're in trouble I really do I think they've got to be able to get Kentucky they've got to be able to get some some stops on first down second down stop them for no gain if they're doing that on a semi-regular basis we've got a really good chance because in passing downs Terry Wilson does not want to stay in the pocket and frankly I would tell our defensive line stay in your lanes don't rush the passer too hard because number one play the run but if they drop back to pass just keep him in the pocket I, honestly, I'm not worried about Terry Wilson in the pocket at all. But what I am worried about is potentially hitting a mental wall during this podcast. So you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull out my one and a half ounce package of Built Go. And I've got the chocolate mint here. It's pretty darn tasty if I do say so myself. And Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, quite frankly. So if you're about to hit your wall, maybe you have a, a creative wall, or maybe it's a physical energy wall. Maybe you're actually you, you actually get some dirt under your fingernails, unlike unlike this sissy podcaster over here. Well, then Build Go is the perfect thing to add to your lunch pail. So visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at buildgo.com. Let's go. But now that you've made it through your work day, of course it's Friday, and that means eventually it's time to chill. And when it's time to chill, that's when you reach for Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment that is literally made to chill. Missouri and Kentucky promises to be a, a really exciting football game tomorrow. And honestly, no matter what happens in that game, when I'm finished with my recap podcast on Saturday night, I'm certainly going to be reaching for that cold, delicious Coors Light so I can finally hit that reset button and wind down. And best of all, I don't even have to leave my house after the game to get that cold refreshment because now you can get Coors Light delivered to straight to your door in its new look at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. 
com for delivery straight to your home. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, now that I've taken care of business, Blake, your thoughts on Terry Wilson? Yeah, I think I think Basilek has more passing yards than Terry Wilson, and oh, Basilek I'm sure he does. Only only played a game yeah. and a half. Well, part of that is just their offense. I mean, yeah. Kentucky, they're not a you know wing T triple option service academy type team but if you looked at them statistically you might think that they were because they run the ball probably three to one versus the pass so yeah, they, they do it effectively I noticed Terry Wilson in their number one lead back names escape me right now but I noticed they're basically have the same stats the same number of carries like right. the same yards so it's a two-headed monster there I do like your evergreen statement in your analysis there I'm like if you let them do what they want to do you're going to be in trouble like, I think I think that applies to most that was a brilliant analysis yeah, right? wasn't it to, yeah to most games but uh, right I just meant what they do well right. I guess I, I just it's going to be hard if if they run the ball at a really good clip I just think it's going to be hard and, and that's my biggest worry because other than the obviously the LSU game, Missouri's de- run defense looked really good statistically, and they did some good things. But a part of that was maybe well LSU just said, "Hey, we can throw it basically whenever we want. Let's maybe keep doing that." So I still want to see well, some more had, out of the what, run they defense. Had Forty yards on twenty carries or something like that. LSU did. So they, I mean, they had attempts to run and didn't right. have any success. Some of them were it. sacks, but no, I hear you. Yeah, no, you're um, right. So I mean that that we we did show a little bit of resistance there against the running game, but I agree we were pretty porous against it, especially against Tennessee. Um, yeah, it's Tennessee was bad. Interesting that we did that against LSU with you know COVID had kind of decimated the middle. I hate that I use the word decimated. I never, that, never mind. It kind of devastated the middle. <laughs> we didn't have one tenth of our our defensive line, um, but uh, I guess ninety percent of whatever it is. Um, <laughs> it's just a pet peeve word of mine. Uh, but yeah, we we were missing bodies on the interior defensive line and the wide receiver core. Obviously, that doesn't have anything to do with run defense. But we put up our best run defensive effort. Shorthanded, yeah. So yeah. You'd, you'd like to think you know we have those guys back, or or maybe the the guys that were that were playing in in their stead. Maybe that's raised the level of competition or, or something like that. So hopefully they can continue to build on that. And Kentucky is a bit one dimensional. So if, you know if you can prevent them from doing what they really want to do, then you're going to have uh, success. No, that's true. I, no doubt about that. I mean, maybe that's a really simplistic analysis. I guess what I'm just trying to emphasize is that I'm less worried about a scoring because for as much as Kentucky does have a good defense, I think if I were a game planner, I would definitely on the first drive or two run some empty formations. I mean, spread them out. Because one thing, if you're a quarterback and you're having trouble diagnosing a zone defense, figuring out what the coverages are doing. My feeling has always been it's a little bit easier the more horizontally you spread that defense out. So I just think spread it out, see let Connor see it for himself what kind of what their base coverage is. Like maybe first play of the game, you open up an empty, see what they're doing pre-snap. You can always, you know, get Larry back into the backfield and hand it off to him if you want. But I just think just visually I really like that that idea. That that would be my approach anyway. Yeah. I'm- I guess I, I see what you're saying is you're not worried about us scoring, but if we can score, if I'm can if I'm Kentucky, I'm I'm worried about keeping up with Missouri. If Missouri is going to score a lot of sure. points, because I mean they they don't they, want to get behind. That's they, for they sure. They scored a they scored the only game they really scored points is against Ole Miss, right? And Ole Miss is a sieve defensively. I mean they they had no success offensively against Auburn, and then you know you got, you take away those two 
three touchdowns they got against Tennessee. That's sure. that's twenty offensive points. Yeah, that was a terrible points against Mississippi. Yeah, State, it's exactly so. what you don't want to do against right. Kentucky. Is yeah, throw a couple. <laughs> you don't want to do it against anybody, but, but especially against a team like Kentucky, you don't want to get down early. But at the same time, though, what I thought was interesting in that Ole Miss game, I touched on this a little bit yesterday, but. Ole Miss, by them playing so fast as they do, by the second half, that Kentucky defensive line was spent. They weren't they weren't getting to the quarterback anymore. First half, they were getting to him, but second half, those guys were just done. So, I don't know. Do you think that – is there an argument to be made that maybe Mizzou should play a little up-tempo tomorrow as well? I mean, I, I like up-tempo, but I like up-tempo controlled, or like I, I like up-tempo – in the sense that your offense is comfortable running it, right? When I when I hear like Mizzou Mizzou trying to play fast, Mizzou trying to play up tempo, I have just these horrible flashbacks to that first game of the Barry Odom era against West Virginia when our first three dive drives we had the ball for like eleven seconds, <laughs> right? Because hype was like snap, 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 or the right. whole you know the whole second half of that Georgia game where we blew that lead because sure. we were snapping we, it with we, like twenty seconds yeah, on the play clock. Like, yeah, like I mean you can use that strategically, but I don't I don't ever and I don't think Drinkwitz is going to be a guy that, that falls into, into yeah. like some kind of mode like that but if if it's you know if it's strategic and you can have success doing it but I don't think right. you go enforce that I agree I think I think that's what Ole Miss does that's their identity and they do it very well good for them but I don't think if you're Missouri you just suddenly you get back into hypo mode here I, I understand the advantages of it I think we're better off if anything you know get up to the line of scrimmage act like we're going to snap it and then okay let's take it easy check out okay get to the sidelines maybe change it to a different play that type of deal well, now that we're about halfway through the show, how about we do a little project run play, Blake? What did you think about? We got the block M. This is this the default homecoming game now? It seems like we keep going with the block M and maybe gold jerseys. That's like the new tradition on homecoming, possibly. But basically, it's kind of the similar helmet, similar black helmet we've had instead of the oval tiger. Kind of the classic, you know, oh seven to twenty ten, you know, those, that era M helmet. Maybe a slightly different gold, but I like it. What do you think? I think the even the presentation of the uniform today had a homecoming feel to it, right? Cause right. Because, you know, was, the columns were there in Missouri. Jesse so it, Hall. Yeah, so it looked like, oh, and... <laughs> Playing the role of Calderonoff Eastern this week. Actually, not, no, it was Josh Bledsoe. I didn't realize, he is number one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize Je- <laughs> Josh Bledsoe was at the wrong defensive back. But, yeah, Calderonoff <laughs> Eastern looks great again. Uh, actually, this morning, you know, it was like, it's a, it's a pretty crummy day in Como today, especially as opposed to yesterday. So I woke up this morning, and it's all dreary. And, Just, yeah, weather-wise, for sure. And, and crappy. And then I, then I turn that on. It's that sparkling big block M, gold M. It's like a true gold too. It's not like yeah. this Nike gold, whatever color. Sure, the <laughs> the mustard color. But uh, well, yeah, that's that, that, yeah, that's the that's the nitpick, right? Is right. the jerseys and the, and the helmets don't really match. But I'm not I'm not none, none, excuse me, not nitpicking that at all. The helmet, I mean. The helmet's glorious. I agree. It's it it, it causes feel. I sent you a little the Wings World Schwing gift. That's how <laughs> that's how I felt this morning. Woke, woke me right up. Um, yeah, and I, I I have mixed mixed feelings about the gold the gold jer- the gold jerseys just have never quite hit for me. I'm with you the, the right way, and they've got kind of the weird the striping. Yeah, the stripe stuff on the sides, and it's this yeah, it feels story. very 2012 at this yeah, point. It, yeah, it feels like they're the last one of those. You know, right. the Rogers they got rid of the anthracite shoulder pads, sure. we had and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they've, they've simplified those and made them better. And this right, the, you know, the bumble, the bumblebee there. look is the last thing that's like the last remnant of that redesign that never really hit for me. Yeah, and, and the 
I think the the stripes on the black pants too, and the white pants, or uh, well, actually the gold pants too. Something that's going to change eventually. I think we'll go to what we have on the white pants now. The sort of more like the helmet striping, but that's my idea there. And, and by the way, one thing uh, that some people have noticed is well, obviously this is was a de facto bye week for Missouri, but of course it's sort of an unusual bye week because it wasn't until late Friday that Missouri found out about say eight nine days whatever it was that we were going to play Kentucky this week. So it's not as though we got the full two weeks to prepare for Kentucky. But just in case you were curious, Eli's only had one season as a head coach, so we don't have a lot to go on here. But last year, coming off a true bye week, a full two weeks, well, Appalachian State beat North Carolina 34-31. to And then coming off, it wasn't a bye week, but you know he had a couple more days to prepare. He came off a Thursday game and played South Carolina, and guess what? They won 20-15. to So, you know, small sample there. Make of that what you will. But if you're wondering, how does Eli Drinkwitz do with a couple days or another week to prepare? Well, so far, he's beaten two Power 5 teams as a head coach at App State. So take of that what, what you will. So Eli Drinkwitz as a head coach is 2-0 and coming off of bye weeks. And Barry, or with extra time to and, prepare. And yeah. Barry Odom as head coach was 0 for bye yeah. weeks, correct? Is I believe that he right? never I'd won a game that. after, or at least certainly not a conference game. I'd forgotten that. You don't, have, you don't have out-of-conference games after bye weeks, though, right? Don't you generally get one um, at the end of your out-of-conference schedule? And it, then, it depends, honestly. I don't think that's like a hard and fast <clears> rule, but I think that's generally true. Yeah, so yeah. it was, it was uh, maybe he just never, maybe he never won a game. Did he never win a season opener? Didn't when we lost to Wyoming? I, I'm trying to think that or at least last year didn't oh, win a game had with to, any time. Well, down. we beat Missouri State. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. like we gave up like it was like 59 to 42 oh, I, or I whatever. Like that. that was our opener, but nobody was happy about that opener right. in 2017. That's for maybe sure, it was against. But. Maybe it was a never won a game against a a, a FBS team that was uh, after an after a bye week or right or a Power Five team or something like. I don't know. The stats weren't good with extra time to prepare. We did worse. So I like I like that. I wasn't aware of that trend with Eli, but I, that's encouraging. It is encouraging. That's the kind of thing that you know we were thinking we were going to get with this new sharp coach who's going to prepare well and and you know not mismanage us out of games. Like well, we I just thought he was had. again he was tremendous against LSU. So that's part of my confidence, at least on the offensive side of the ball, coming to this week. Again, I'm not trying to disrespect Kentucky's defense. I'm sure they're better than LSU's defense right now. Or I'm pretty sure anyway. Maybe if LSU tries another coverage or two, maybe they'll get better. they got a lot of good athletes. But you know what? Why don't we get to my weird statistical deep dive into Mizzou football where I tried to find out, other than Micah Wilson, who has run, thrown, and caught a touchdown in their Missouri career. And, well, Blake and I definitely had the same first instinct. We thought Brad Smith. That's an obvious one, right? Clearly he threw for and ran for a lot of touchdowns, but his one touchdown catch from Darius Outlaw, hey, keep that name in the back of your mind, was one of the most famous plays in Mizzou history, the 07, or I'm sorry, the 03 Nebraska game. Just fabulous stuff. Oh, just bone I chilling. Just, I just had chills go down my spine. One of the great plays the of rain. all time. Oh. But of course, Mr. Darius Outlaw has done it as well. He was another, another one of the first guys I thought of being a former quarterback converted to wide receiver. He's definitely pulled it off. J- Justin Gage? Justin Gage, another good call. But he never rushed for a touchdown. Oh. He threw for four touchdowns, yeah. though, including at least two as a wide receiver for sure. Like that was an effective. Hey, he, he was an effective end around player for for various reasons. But despite that fact, never ran for a touchdown. Weird. So he is not in there. 
Also thought, thought about Corby Jones. Obviously, he rushed for some, threw for some, but never caught a pass, not one pass in his Mizzou career. you got to think of those Cor- those Corby Jones teams. If Corby Jones was our best passer, there probably wasn't anybody, anybody else throwing him the ball. capable of right. throwing the pass to him. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and then, then my mind actually went all the way back to the 60s, and I thought, what about Terry McMillan? He was a good running quarterback, but no, he never caught a touchdown pass. What, what about Pitch and Paul? Pitch and Paul, no stats for him. Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't see any. I didn't see any uh, stats for Pitch and Paul. I thought about Bob Stuber too, but again, he was in the forties. Didn't see any stats on the old college football reference. But then another guy, another blast from the past. How about Phil Bradley? Surely he pulled it off, right? One of the great athletes in Mizzou history. But no, as a freshman, he had one catch for sixteen yards. Did not get into the end zone, however. Kirk Farmer, kind of the same deal. He caught one pass for 35 yards, no score. James Franklin, also similar, one pass for 31 yards, no score. So it seems like when these guys do catch him, they, they certainly work. Matty Mock thought of him. Nope, didn't happen. He had like a couple catches. I'm guessing he probably got a ball batted down and it came back to him because I don't remember any. I don't, I don't remember us ever throwing the ball to him for any reason. And then, by the way, speaking of Terry McMillan, that 1969 famous team, for some reason, I remember when I was watching the 70 Orange Bowl, I thought, now, wait a second, didn't John Staggers throw a pass in that game? He did. He didn't complete it. But sure enough, John Staggers, in his career, actually two for four with two touchdowns and 38 yards. So John Staggers, Jeff City's own running back, pulled it off. Johnny Rowland, ah, one of the greats of all time, three for 12 passing. With two touchdowns <laughs> and two interceptions. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. It's a high-risk reward thing there. But Johnny, not only, not only did he pull it off, he was, he was uh, you know, I think, I believe it was 62, maybe in 63. I, I'm doing this off the top of my head. But 62, he was running back for the Tigers, scored 13 touchdowns, two on the ground, one, one via reception. He was all big eight as a freshman and then was kicked off the team as a sophomore because he was accused of, of stealing two tires, which always has sounded like the biggest BS story I've yeah. ever heard in my mouth or in my life because guess what? He was brought back to the team the following season, ultimately ends up being a captain. and he, They brought him back as a defensive back, though, believe it or not. And he was All-American as a defensive back as well. So I was kind of surprised. It says in the stat sheet he never scored a touchdown on defense, like a pick six or anything. That kind of surprised me, to be honest. I was like, ooh, did he get four? But then in the NFL, rookie of the year, 66, for the St. Louis Cardinals, he ended up scoring two punt returns for a touchdown and a kickoff return for a touchdown in the NFL. So Johnny Rowland could truly do it all. And I'm pretty sure Brad Smith did the same in the NFL, too. I think he scored on a punt return and a kickoff return as well. So... Those, there's your statistical deep dive. And oh, one more final note. Did we get I did through, notice you said there were five of them. Did we get through all five? We got. I think we got six. We got we got Roland Staggers Smith Outlaw Micah. Okay, that's five. Am I am I missing somebody? That may be it. Maybe it's just five. five. Okay. Okay. So we got five guys. If you if you can come up with anybody else, I'll be impressed. I'll be genuinely impressed. Those were the only people. I could think of that might have a chance, but there probably is somebody did, else out there. I'm trying to think of no disrespect to Michael Wilson, but I'm trying to think of when he threw his t- touchdown pass. Was that was it, it probably it kind of like garbage time at some point? I think it was because he was a wide receiver last year, right? Yeah, I think he had some mop up duty at some point and just threw one. I'm not totally sure though, but interestingly though, just one final trivial note here: the 1919 Big Eight champions 
the Missouri Tigers with a record of 5-1-2 and two were coached by none other than John F. Miller. <laughs> so there you go. I, now I wish my middle initial was F, to be honest. Like, that's so much stronger than G, let's be really honest. I guess G's okay. Hey, I'm a G, but come on, F and John, John F. Miller. F. Miller. I think I'm going to change my People name. People said that before. I'm going to the court. I'm going to court and changing my name right now. Well, let's get out of here with a pick, Blake. What do you think? Missouri going to win this thing or not? Yeah, let's keep it going. Let's 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 win this thing. Let's say that it doesn't break. Things don't break quite as well for Kentucky as the, as they have the last two two games. Um, maybe they're maybe they're overlooking Missouri a little bit. Um, Drinks got time to prepare. And perhaps we're due on defense. So let's just say, yeah, let's say Missouri pulls it out. But we, I say we was like 35 to 25 type of thing. Okay. I like that. I'm going to go a little bit lower scoring. I kind of have a similar, similar feeling. It feels like Kentucky's turnover luck is going to run out here. And it also feels like, you know, Missouri can't fumble like five times again, can they, like they did against LSU. So I say Missouri hangs on to the football, only turns it over once. Wins the game 28-24. How about that? I'd take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'll take either. I'll take, I'll, I'll <laughs> I'll take, take either score. I'll take 8-4 to four if you can Absolutely. figure out how to make that happen. Absolutely. Well, in that spirit, hopefully Saturday, tomorrow, we'll, we'll have a nice recap of a victory. But either way, pretty soon after the game, I'll be there. Maybe Blake, too. Who knows? So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.